I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello everybody and welcome to the UK Packers podcast. I'm your host at Ryan Peacock NFL and beside me I have uh, the very handsome at Steve Diddy NFL. Hello Steve Diddy, how are you? <laughs> I can't even do the Irish accent. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, I had it all lined up and then that that was just, I don't know, was Stony. that good or was it was it great? I, I, I'm not sure. By Hollywood standards I think it's pretty bang on. Huh? It, well, yeah, it was certainly better than um, what's the geezer called that's in Mary Poppins, Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, hey, don't you don't say anything bad about poor Dick Van Dyke. The dude's nearly dead. Well, I know. I'm just saying though, is 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 try at doing an English accent in Mary Poppins was, you know, the world's worst ever until yeah. you just did that one then. <laughs> <laughs> that's harsh. Come on. And I was now. all lined up. I was all lined up. I was going to do like my Daro brain um, sort of thing probably mixed with a slight bit of Northern Irish accent because that's generally where it goes and then you throw me off my game. But then you kind of go Jamaican and Indian, do you not then? You kind of veer off completely. Yeah, it did, yeah. And I saw, I visit Scotland on the way and then uh, I don't even know what it sounds like. Yeah. So, one, yeah. Way, one way of getting around the world. But anyway, for people who are listening, I am not at Ryan Peacock NFL. <laughs> I'm at Steedy NFL, the Irishman. And I have my uh, old buddy, old pal on. Now, people are probably thinking... What's going on? It's Friday and it's there's no celebrity on. Which how dare you, by the way? Okay, I, I was no. going to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, we're we're the number one podcast in the UK for NFL most most weeks. Uh, you know, so, <laughs> some weeks, <laughs> some weeks. Um, depending on what we talk about. So what we're going to do is is getting close to the business season. You know, it's getting close to business time. Uh, so we're going to put on our suit and we're going to go and talk all things Packers because training camp. Um, is down we've got pre-season now kicking off we've one game done one win done uh so it's time for us to talk about kind of current issues and stuff and really get the ball rolling because we're doing our history podcast stuff of uh, monday and we're just gonna maybe mill around and do some current affairs now over friday and get the odd famous person in. you know if aaron Rodgers comes and says lads i really want to be on the podcast well then we might have to let him on i i will let you step aside so I can speak to Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. That's fine. All right. Yeah. I just, I just we interview small fry like the all-time yeah. leading kicker. Maybe, maybe we can put that on Facebook Live if you want to see an Englishman and an Irishman have a fight over who gets to speak to a Rod. Yeah, and the size uh, difference is pal. pal. Yeah. Now I've been, I've been hitting the protein. I've been getting ready. You know, I've been getting ready for the the winter, bulking on some pounds. But I still, no match for the bailiff. For those who haven't met Steve before, he measures in about six foot three. Yeah. Uh, 240 pounds on a bad day yeah when I'm dieting when I'm cutting you know <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan is about what would you say 5 foot 6 maybe um, a mop of, <laughs> mop of hair <laughs> I was going to tell you the weight but unfortunately my uh, scales stop at a certain point and so I don't really know oh, yeah. yeah so you have to weigh yourself twice just to get the extra all, bit all I know is that they go up to 19 stone Yeah. and so at that point I can't get any heavier anymore because my scales don't go any further that's cool. So you can you can eat as much as you like and stick at 19 stone. And I'm still 19 stone, which I think is ideal what sort of defensive end linebacker size. So that's my position. I think that's how it works. But I think, look, what we'll do is... <laughs> We've gone leave. hugely off topic we already. Have, yeah. We haven't even it's, started. It's not so much about Packers. Let's bring it all back. Let's. But what we want to talk about on the podcast today really is uh, the elephant in the room, which is the, you know, the PED performance enhancing drugs issue with Clay Matthews and Mike Neal and Julius Peppers and then we want to get on to just talk about preseason. look at how the lads are getting on make some predictions 
and do our usual just try put each other on a spot catch each other out um you're good at that you're good at that you know sometimes you'd say oh hey steve uh you know and then ask me a question i'm like dude <laughs> seriously i've Christ. got one for you tonight as well oh, and it's, it's gonna get you about can i get, get I'm, a heads I'm up i'm confident no no well all right I'll... no i'm not giving any clues because then you you'll be there googling it you will hear a keyboard even, tap on the even though i can i can see you and i can see that phone so stay away from it okay it's, i feel like i'm in a pub quiz right now I know. You're the marshal. But Ryan, it is a worrying time. Well, not so worrying because just before we come on the podcast, uh, the NFL Players Association said that the Clay Matthews, uh, Julius Peppers, now they didn't mention Mike Neal, but again, uh, he's a free agent. So, you know, how much do we worry? Uh, that they were going to meet about this performance enhancing drugs issue. Now, to give people a bit of background, so Al Jazeera, who obviously are known for their cutting-edge documentaries. Um, so they come out with this documentary, and the premise of it is that they have this, you know, in quotations, athlete who says that he wants to up his level, and he goes to all these, you know, they send him around to all these doctors and pharmacists and all these dudes trying to get performance-enhancing drugs and trying to dig up dirt. You know, it's it's um, investigative journalism. Um, some say at its best or at its worst, depending on who you, who you read and watch the reviews. So this guy himself, uh, Ryan, is a bit of a dodgy character anyway isn't he he was accused of you know defrauding a bunch of people out of a real estate deal he's english and uh he was an athlete i think he i think he did actually do the hurdles which is what they try and make him out to be and send him around to all these doctors and basically his story is i'm a hurdler i'm the best in the world i want to be better i want to win gold at the olympics i'm 30 i think he's 38 or something and what he wants to do is he wants to win one last time have a hurrah and so he tries to you know lean on these doctors and say please help me so then he gets some lads who tell him to jog on and then he gets other guys who worryingly say yeah i can give you uh, some dark stuff so ryan you've listened to some of this documentary and, and all that stuff have you did you get through it all or could you suffer this woman's yeah. voice i think i mean the problem with it is one i mean I, i'm not a i'm not a law school graduate or anything like that but this guy basically puts people into a corner to get what he wants he knows what he wants and he wants a doctor to turn around and go i can get you that and he goes in there with a story where he's given him that's the only avenue he's given him Okay. Then the second thing that worries me, and I guess this is one of the biggest issues with the internet now and the fact that you can go on somewhere, you can say something, uh, put it out there, and then suddenly there has to be an investigation. It doesn't matter what proof you got. It doesn't matter what your background is. Yeah. You can just say something and it's, it can be believed. Um, it's, it's strange for me. And I think now hasn't, hasn't this guy or this doctor um, retracted the claims that he made in that anyway? And now he's saying, oh, actually, no, I, no, I didn't. And I wasn't involved and, and it didn't really happen. So it's all to me, there's just, it just sounds like BS, to be honest. Well, it's even worse than that because, look, we can come up with any type of stat or any type of false truth. It's sort of the whole documentary bases around this guy. Again, brilliant name. I mean, it's like, uh, it's like you have a name like John Conartis. This guy's name is Charlie Sly. So, you know, I mean, to have a name, to have a second name like Sly, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't go well. So this guy, he's only an intern or something at the time, or he's this guy, basically the story goes that he's kind of a hooker-upper, you know, he's the guy, he's the connection guy who says he's mates with everybody. But it just stinks of bravado of like, oh yeah, well I'm mates with uh, Clay Matthews, you know. I mean, you accuse me of name-dropping from time to time, you know, and having the crack, but this guy does it seriously, and he does it on a professional level. So apparently the story behind what you don't see in the documentary that I've read online is that this guy... Um, he was told by 
the undercover athlete dude that he knew all of these sort of soccer stars and that he was going to send them Charlie Sly's way so Charlie thinks deadly I'll tell this guy whatever he wants to hear uh, because you can see he's kind of pressing like oh is he on this is he on Delta 2 is he on the other so I mean you know he's trying to press him to say oh tell me about all the famous people but it's funny right and this is a real sort of I'm going to be sexist against men here it's a real thing of it's a real thing of male bravado uh, where he's like oh I've got all mates in high places all this type of stuff and trying to show off in front of this guy who he doesn't know and Ryan I even saw it today right I went out for a coffee because it was flagging because I reiterate four month old baby right sleep pattern not great he, he has sure? the same yeah he's the same are you sure it's not because you're just used to an office job and you know the, you don't do the whole physical thing and now it's hitting you hard might be a mixture of that hey I stay active right <laughs> I'm sucking down protein like a sucky calf but no, I, I went out for a coffee because, you know, baby. And I was coming back and there was a guy... The only way I can explain him is, is that he looked like a less attractive Jerry Adams. And I mean, look at Jerry Adams. He wouldn't be, you know, top of the women's FHM, you know, top 100 list, right? Big badgery beard and glasses that are throwback to the 1980s. So this is the glimpse of this male bravado I got. This is the example of what I'm talking about. Went by this lad, and he I, this this sentence I heard out of his mouth, and I was disappointed I couldn't stop and have a chat with him. Go, please explain more, because I was a stranger. He says, "Oh yeah, when I was a single guy, there was this girl I was with once," and I was like, "Hold on a second, hold on, you look like a badger, all right? I mean, there's no story that you're gonna have from your past that is gonna be in any way entertaining." And I was thinking, but it's just that bravado, that male kind of like, "Oh, wait, let's tell you about what I did," you know, and that's kind of like what this Charlie Sly guy's doing. He starts name dropping because in the actual documentary, he starts talking about Clay Matthews and he says that, oh yeah, you know, we sent uh, Clay, uh, was it, Percocet uh, because in the NFL championship, uh, NFC championship game against the Seahawks, he, he was in a lot of pain. He could barely get up out of bed. So we sent him this Percocet to kind of, you know, get him playing again. But then later in it, he starts saying that he's given him about five different drugs and next thing he's over at Mike Neal's house and Mike Neal's his best buddy. Next thing he says, and I quote, half of the Green Bay Packers were coming to him but he can only name drop Julius Peppers Mike Neal and Clay Matthews and then he's saying he's over at Julius Peppers house and your man goes oh what's he like and he goes oh yeah he's a nice guy and then he asks what's Mike Neal like oh yeah he's a nice guy what's Clay Matthews like yeah he's a nice guy I mean it's all repetitive and it's not not very descript and Charlie Sly came out after the whole documentary by the way and like you said retracted everything and said no no I only made it all up I was just trying to make connections I was trying to get into the athlete sort of supplement game and you said that you knew loads of famous football players so I made it all up just to see you know what it was all about it just stinks Ryan doesn't it of false truths you know them trying to sensationalize things and name drop the most famous players they can to get to get you know listens and views and all this type of stuff um and let's face it the nfl doesn't have a good track record with doing investigations and then being fair in those investigations yeah and i think this is another one that looks already looks poor on roger goodell now i'm not a guy that you know one i'm not a patriots fan so i don't i don't hit on roger goodell every moment but again this is just another one that seems to be handled wrong so you've got all the domestic abuse stuff the stuff with the patriots cheating every other week you know um and now this and it's just some guy has name dropped some players turns out that some dodgy geezer's doing some sort of investigative investigative journalism piece whatever he thinks he's doing he's trying to find a story when there isn't a story and he finds a guy that's stupid enough to just name drop people for the sake of selling to somebody that he thinks is an athlete in that he doesn't realize the knock-on effect that has when that all comes out and now we've got guys that are having to i mean it 
before, and this is it's strange because it was only about half an hour before we started recording. Um, but obviously the league was threatening to say, you know, these guys will be suspended. They aren't going to be playing until they come and talk to us. And the NFLPA, all this time, the Players Association have been saying to the league, they don't have to come and talk to you. They've got nothing to answer. Where's your evidence? Now the league turns around. Roger Goodell goes, well, I don't care. I can make these decisions. They're suspended until they talk to us. Obviously now they've been backed into a corner. And then, like I say, just before we, we came on, um, they've agreed now to, to talk to the league. But you kind of wonder where they're going to go with this because they have just simply got a guy that was fishing for story, a guy that was making up a story. And it would be interesting to see, is there really any evidence there bearing in mind that one guy's already said, no, do you know what? I was talking rubbish. Yeah, you know, there's a few issues with it, to be honest, Ryan. Like, I mean, everyone's come out and said, you know, Roger Goodell, he's got too much power. Aaron Rodgers himself came out and said, like, the players have only got themselves to blame, not Clay Matthews and Julius Peppers, but the, the collective in the NFLPA, you know, the uh, Players Association, that when they were doing the collective bargaining agreement, they gave Goodell too much power because the players had all the power and they kind of said, OK, yeah, we, you know, we'll throw you a crumb and so that he could bring them up. But the most telling, well, really the most obvious fault with the whole thing is is that there's regular drug tests now in the nfl and these lads who are questioned never failed one of them if you don't fail i mean how can you retrospectively be brought up for stuff when you pass all of your tests now again look pro sports i have no doubt is full of drug cheats it's full of ways to beat the system what they say is it's a cat and mouse game where if you know how things are being tested, it's easier for you to get around it. So if you know that someone's looking for a blue car and you drive a red one, that's how to get out of it. And it's the same, but obviously more sophisticated for drug cheats. You know, like look at what Lance Armstrong got away with, these blood transfusions that he was doing himself on a bus and all this type of gear. I mean, of course it can be done. And they proved that in baseball, for instance, all these lads were juiced up. They even have an era in baseball called a steroid era because these lads were so juiced up. But the worrying thing for me is, and for loads of the commentators out there, is that the NFL have a way of kind of screwing up all of the investigations that they've done. That Tom Brady, whatever you think of him or the scandal or deflate gate, it came out that 11 of the 12 balls were underinflated. Then it came out that 11 of the 12 were actually okay and one of them was underinflated, but only fractionally that could be put down to the likes of weather conditions. And that's, you know, apparently that came out after. But of course, that wasn't widely publicized. Then you look at Bounty Gate. You know, that was another thing. Anthony Hargrove for the Saints, they kind of blamed that all on him. He put in the hit on Brett Favre and the NFL said that he said, pay me my money. And they quoted and he said, I never said it. And they suggest he did. He said, I didn't. So they still put most of the blame on him and effectively ended his career in 2012. Now, NFL Films then came out and proved they had footage of the game and they showed he never said it. So, you know, they ruined this guy's career. They blame everything kind of on him to get a few scapegoat action. And then it turns out that he didn't say what they said he said. So, I mean, you can understand that there's a massive lack of trust there with these players. So Clay Matthews and Julius Peppers get interviewed. I mean, how do they know that something's not going to be misconstrued and going to be banned anyway? Because look at the Tom Brady result. The verdict was is that he... Well, let me try to get the quote here. Yeah, more likely than not knew about the deflating of footballs i mean you know where's where's the innocence there and I, you can understand like when i first read it and heard about it and tom brady didn't go get a, give over his mobile phone i was thinking ah look that stinks he's guilty 
But then I was thinking, why would you give over your phone to an organization who blamed the guy for saying something when he didn't and only got proved after? You know, what if what if Tom Brady's messages fell into the wrong hands and they start releasing stuff that had nothing to do with the Deflategate scandal? I mean, you yeah. can understand it, like. I think one of the worrying things is if you went into a court of law, they say that the burden of proof is with the prosecution. Okay, so essentially in this case, the league needs to prove a case against these players. Yeah. Now, okay, they'd started an investigation and maybe that's the start of that. But like you said, there's too many accounts in, in history where they don't really come up with any evidence, don't come up with any proof, but they'll hand out a suspension and a fine. And that's what worries me. If a court of law can do things in a correct way where the burden of proof is with them and you have to prove somebody guilty beyond reasonable doubt, and yet the NFL... And Roger Goodell can seem to just do exactly as they please and make it up along the way. What what's worse about it as well is if you look at things like this and like you said about the Hargrove thing that was then, you know, NFL films or whatever proved later, nothing said. And then you get the domestic abuser cases where mm-hmm. they seem to be quite light on the punishments. I mean, is it Ray Rice now? Ray Rice is free to come back to the league. Yeah. Adrian Adrian Peterson that had the issue with, you know, disciplining of a child, and then he's back in the league quite quickly, you know. These things seem to be dealt with really lightly, and yet the the more serious, sorry, the more serious ones like that are being dealt with lightly, and then the less serious stuff or the stuff they can't really even prove. Yeah, like you said, that they're, they're putting people's careers at risk. Yeah, and I mean, look, they don't have any tests for domestic abuse. They don't have any tests for you know beating your children with a switch, uh, which is what happened in, in Peterson's case. But they do have tests for drugs, and these lads didn't fail them and were tested. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, now again, I do get that there are ways to circumvent these, but I mean, you can't sort of say, all right, you passed the test, but, you know, there's a sneaky suspicion there that, you you know, you probably were taking something. So we're going to say, eh, we think you maybe did it, although we've no test to get you. You know, it just, it's bizarre. But I mean, it remains to be seen now because the NFL said, if these guys do show up and do a march on Lynch of, I'm here so I don't get fined action. I mean, if they're not constructive with their answers, uh, well then they said you know they're going to suspend them anyway so the jury's yeah. out but certainly from the Packers perspective they'll want the guys to show up cooperate and if you have nothing to hide you tell them everything that they need to know because if you weren't there and you weren't doing it that's fact and hopefully they can just get over this whole episode because as as pure and as conscious as the Packers are about their reputation to have a documentary come out where they say half of the Green Bay Packers were on this stuff I mean, it's damaging and it's defamatory and I don't understand why they haven't taken legal action or maybe they have against this Charlie Sly guy because, I mean, it's after defaming half the Packers team. Yeah, I'm sure that the NFLPA, I mean, that's what they're there to do is to support the players with anything like this and I, I imagine that will happen at some point once it gets to the end of this. Um, I saw a bit with uh, Michael Cohen of the Journal Sentinel who spoke to Mark Murphy on the matter because I did think, I wonder what the Packers themselves think about it. Yeah. And And... and Mark Murphy is uh, quite sort of, uh, what you say, sort of almost dismissive of the whole thing, like kind of wants to stay away from it. And um, he says that basically the league is pursuing that. I know there's been some resistance from the NFLPA about the credibility of some of the sources, but I don't think we know much more than that. And basically, he then he also describes it as this is simply between the NFL and the NFL Players Association. Yeah. Now, part of that is maybe. That is simply what it is. And he doesn't want to waste his time with it because he's got a team to get ready for the season upcoming. Um, and maybe part of that as well is if they come out in, in absolute defence of the players, then I guess if they could be made to look stupid later, even though I don't believe that would be the case. So, yeah, strange one. 
but I do think that it will end up coming to nothing and these players will be playing again. I don't think there'll be any suspensions given and I don't think there'll be any fines because I don't think that there's going to be any proof. No, and that that's the thing. It's all about proof. They'll talk about, I don't know what questions I'll ask them. Do you know the guy? Blah, blah, blah. But I mean, if the guy comes out and says himself, it's all bogus. I don't think they can pursue it. But I mean, to leave all of that sort of stuff aside, we had some excellent news during the week. Jordy's back. Jordy Nelson is back, everybody. Yes, if you haven't heard it, come White out from underneath that rock. Oh, yes. We'll have to add some snazzy sound effect right about here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so maybe a bit over the top, maybe a little bit biblical, but we're happy about it. So, Ryan, I mean, it still sort of stands to question, how is Jordy Nelson going to look? You don't come back from such a serious injury like that, you know, jog out onto the field. A, have the connection with your quarterback that you once had, even though it's brilliant that Aaron Rodgers came out and they said, oh, how long do you think you'll need? He said, a couple of days. So that's brilliant that it's just, you know, the guy's been out for what, uh, 12 months nearly on the dot? Yeah. And they, they say to him, yeah, a couple of days and we'll be back having the chemistry. Do you believe that? Do you buy it? Yeah, I do, yeah. I mean, yes, it was a bad injury. I've had the injury as well, and you do have to simply rest it. You have to stay active, obviously, uh, towards the end of it and start building up muscles again. Um, but you can get back, and I think, I know I keep saying it on, on so many podcasts, but when I was there last season in week six, and when and when we were invited backstage and met Jordy Nelson in, in, in the uh, back room, um, I mean, that guy looked like he could have played then, quite honestly. Uh, and I think somebody jokingly said, do you think you can get out there and play now? And he said, yes. So, you know, the guy, and I tell you what, I didn't realise how big he was. He is he is huge. And he doesn't look that big on the TV, but uh, he, he was massive. Yeah, I think he'll be fine. I hope in tonight's game that uh, he basically gets in, Jordy th- uh, gets thrown sort of one or two passes, he catches them, and then they take him out of the game. That'd be nice. Um, on saying that, though, as well, I have to say that I don't know if you've ever ever had any sort of similar injuries. I, I used to have a persistent one with my knee and persistent one with my shoulder. And when you ever come back from that injury, you always kind of, you don't want to get hit because you don't want to get re-injured. But until you get hit and know that you can get back up and you're okay, I think that's the first time you really go, oh, okay, I'm good, I'm strong again. So he might feel like he wants to get involved in some football I'll be quite happy if they just wrap him in cotton wool and, and leave him on the bench. <laughs> yeah, him and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, no, that's um, that seems to be the case that uh, he won't be playing. Now, again, for those listening to the podcast, you might be listening to it, already know the score of the Raiders and Packers, but we're recording it just before the game uh, so we can speculate what's going to happen and you can you know instantly prove whether we're right or wrong. Uh, but for now, yeah, I don't think Jordy's going to play. And I'm happy he's back. I'm worried about him because it was like what he said that the leg opposite his injured leg, which would be his other leg, um, you know, that ended up getting uh, slightly twinged then, didn't it? And that's why they didn't take him off uh, the PUP list first is because that one kind of... Because, you know, if he's not walking properly on one leg, the other leg is affected because it's either taking all the brunt or he's walking around gingerly on both. But preseason's been pretty good so far. I mean, you know, from what you can read into preseason, because people get awfully excited, like we do at UK Packers HQ, uh, because, you know, football, Packers football, to see them back in the uniform, see them back in Lambeau Field. It's brilliant and it's exciting. But Ryan, preseason, you know, you can't really look into it too much because like what Mason Crosby told us on the podcast a few weeks ago, if you haven't heard it, check it out. It's actually Mason Crosby. Uh, he was telling us that this is all just about, you know, blooding the players, getting the newbies, putting them out there, getting the fast paced game and 
uh, getting them used to it. Because one thing that I do have exception with, and correct me if I'm wrong here, anybody who says that uh, the Packers, you know, the players, uh, they don't really care about preseason, of course they do. Because they're second, third, fourth, fifth, and if you're a wide receiver for the Packers, they're 12 string uh, wide receivers here. Of course they care, because this could be their chance to show them, look, I might not be too fresh in practice, but I can do my stuff when I get out onto the field. Now, the, the you know, the issues that they have with that is that they have a second or third string quarterback throwing them the ball um so you know it's not going to be all that accurate but these guys are really going out and fighting for their jobs and fighting for their lives now some of them know it's not going to go anywhere but for others this is where if you're sitting on the fence with a player uh arguably like trevor davis the wide receiver where he's trying to edge out Devonte adams and jeff janice who we know is injured um you know and, and jared Aberderis. i mean it's a guy like that who if he can make plays on the field even though it's preseason, he's proven something right yeah, I mean, you go and tell one of those players, uh, the, one of some of them deeper players that you've just mentioned, that that these games don't matter. I mean, th- they're going to go crazy at you for one. But one of one of the things I always think is, I, I was over the moon when the Hall of Fame game got cancelled. I know those that travelled there won't won't be happy with me saying that, but yeah. I kind of I'm always stuck on the fence with this one. Four preseason games is too many because you don't want to get your guys injured, and like you say, your first your first team play very little during the four games and so i think like maybe there's an argument to reduce it to two on the other hand those players that are in the deeper positions that are trying to make a name that are trying to get noticed they need this playing time and it might be the only playing time they get yeah. and that playing time somebody might impress in preseason green bay um, and be cut and signed by another team and end up playing on another team they might be um, move to the practice squad. There's so many different, you know, you don't have to make the 53 to make a career out of football. And those players, every single one of them, need this preseason. So I'm always stuck on, you know, do, do you shorten the preseason um, for, for player safety and wear and tear and all the rest of it? But you can't because these guys have worked so hard to be there, it'd be unfair to take their opportunity away. Yeah, you're dead right because, I mean, look at the podcast with Gilbert Brown. If you haven't listened to it, go back and check it out. We should have a little jingle for that, by the way. You know, when I name drop who we've interviewed and then say, go back and check it out. So do check it out. But he went to the Vikings. He was drafted third round. They cut him. And then, you know, he went on uh, with the Packers. So, I mean, players do reach training camp. They do reach preseason. They do get cut, like you say, and they do get signed by somebody else. But it's not only for the players. And this is an important point that I believe is that, you know, we've seen in, especially with the Packers, where you can have so many people getting injured, and the guy who got a few reps during preseason gets somewhat of a taster of what it's like on the field. Now, he'll need that experience if he has no choice but to be thrown into a game because, you know, loads of players ahead of him go down in that position and he has to get thrown in. And we've seen cases like that in the past with Corey Lindsley, uh, David Bakhtiari. All these players were put in earlier than people thought they were going to put in, earlier than they thought they were going to be put in themselves. And it's very important that they get reps Ted Thompson came out in the last day or two and said he goes down onto the field he looks at the players in the face and looks for their eyes and he says to them how do they look when they come off the field do they look shell-shocked deer in headlights or do they look like they're starting to settle into the game now if you look at Joe Callahan, the quarterback who sounds like actually he's a dude from my class Joe Callahan. so good old Joey Callahan from Ireland how's it going there boy so what? you, you, you try it. and make out that every single Packers player is Irish yeah, even the ones with the really weird names. If, you know. Even Bla- even Blake Martinez, you're going to tell me he's Irish, isn't he? He's well, from old. He's from old Cork Town. Well, Martinez is a derivation of uh, Marty Boy, so yeah, you know he could definitely be. No, but I do like to get the Irish influence. But Joe Callan, I think he's from Chicago, so he's definitely Irish influence. 
um, you know, the eternal Paddy here. Uh, but he started to settle into the game and you could see that he started off fairly shaky and the, like Twitter just, because we were up, uh, weren't we, Ryan, watching the game and we just saw this negativity, just this diatribe, this diarrhea coming down the timeline of people giving out about Joe Callahan. Give him a break. I mean, he's the third string quarterback. He's in there because A-Rod obviously isn't going to be in there and uh, Brett's not going to be there, not Favre. Uh, Hundley's not going to be there because uh, he had an ankle sprain or whatever. So they have to put him in first off. Give the guy a break, get behind him. And he did start to settle into a rhythm. I mean, the two-minute drill and when he got the touchdown, I thought that was very impressive and very promising. But he's probably not going to make the roster. But, you know, at least they're giving him some reps. And who knows what's going to happen down the line. Yeah, I liked Callahan. I'll tell you who else. I did like Marquise Williams as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's just something about a scrambling quarterback. It's kind of all crazy, but it's got that college feel to it. And it's it was it was exciting to watch that guy as well. But it, it looked good. Yeah, he didn't come out with a very high numbers. But like you say, it's something that we don't usually see in Green Bay. Now, I know Aaron Rodgers doesn't get the plaudits that he deserves for his movement with his legs. I mean, he can be very mobile, you know. But what you want ultimately is a pocket passer. But yeah, I mean, Williams was legging it around more so for his life. I think he did an 18-yard... Um, run as well which is you know nice little pickup um but again this preseason game against the raiders ryan is there any sort of things that we should be looking out for here yeah well, there's a couple of camp stories that are coming out in a minute and some of them are quite obvious ones uh julius peppers is obviously taking uh less snaps than he he has done in previous off seasons um and it's essentially this is just because he's getting old and he doesn't i'm sure if he stood right next to me now i would not mention that but they're just trying to protect him a bit. So he's taking some less snaps in training. He's uh, tending to go with uh, maybe some of the, 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 the second and third string um, defences. But don't get me wrong, come season time, he'll be there. He'll be starting and he will be a dominant pass rusher again. Um, probably be a healthy scratch for the Raiders game because um, they're, they're basically just trying to save, save some miles on his tyres. Yeah. So um, another one that's come out of camp uh, Mason Crosby is said to be near automatic at the minute hitting everything uh, and he's also hit quite a few past 50 yards as well so Mason looks like he's picked up right where he left off um, was noted that he missed two field goals oh. but uh, I think uh, it is practice and that's yeah. alright with me so we won't worry too much it could have been from 80 yards who knows I know I know we're not going to get on his back no it's all good so Another thing that we were looking at and um, uh, on Twitter was we put out a poll asking which uh, camp battle was exciting you the most and your options were the wide receiver depth chart, the kick punt return star, Mortel versus Mastay and then any others you could come up with. Um, now, overwhelmingly one was the depth chart of the wide receivers, um, which we're going to talk about a bit in a minute, aren't we, Steve? I'm going to ask you your opinion on uh, which guys you'd keep in camp as well. Oh. So I hope you've done your homework. Sneaky from left field. I... Yeah, because you, you have 12, 12 potential WRs to pick. Mm. But let me, get, uh, let me get thinking. Let me get thinking. But in the meantime, the one that intrigues me, uh, Ryan, about uh, those battles, and I know wide receiver came out top of a pole, you know, the punt competition. I mean, sure, that really yeah. intrigues me. Not only because it's a, it's a nice little story with... Um, Mortel and stuff like that but in the preseason yeah. game with Maste and Mortel out there Mortel had a longer punt average and he dropped them all in between the 20 yard line he actually got one to four yards the four yard line yeah, yeah I mean, I've got the numbers here I mean they both punted three times in that game Yeah. and as you said Mortel averaged uh, 44 and Maste 39.7 so not a great deal in it Maste had one touchback uh, but Mortel landed all three of his punts in that 20 
Yeah. Um, and if you can drop it in there, there's a potential. I mean, a touchback gets brought out to the 20-yard line. Mm. Um, if you can drop it in that 20 and get a tackle, then you can be pinning people down. You can also, if you hit a, put a big hit on somebody, you cause a fumble, there's more you can make happen. And like you said, the one that he put out of the four was an absolute beauty of a kick. Um, and he's the hometown kid from Green Bay. I think he went to high school, was it less than two miles from Lambeau Field? So, yeah. you know, this is this is a really interesting one because we all... we. I know Mastay had a bad season last year, but everybody loves Mastay. You know, he's part of that team. Mm. He's part of Mason Crosby's kick and success. He had the great, I'm, I'm sure it was him that threw the pass to uh, Tom Crabtree on that great trick play, you know, four or five years ago, whatever it was. Yeah. You know, we love this guy, but he has had, an, he has a, had a bad time. Um, and they've brought a kid in that could take his job. And uh, certainly that will be, for me, that's the one I'm, I'm liking the look of at the minute because I think it's the one that could cause the real upset. I know there's a lot of depth in the in the wide receivers, but really we probably know the five or six players that will stay on the team. This one, for me, I think is very much 50-50 and I think it will be, you know, let's really keep an eye on this one through the rest of uh, preseason. Yeah, because we had Wes Hodkowitz on the podcast and I sort of, you know, I asked him that. I was like, look, you know, what is the mood in camp weird? You know, with Mastay being an old veteran, a mortel coming in, kind of, you know, because he's not a big kid, he's kind of a skinny kid by the look of him. Um, and Wes was even saying, yeah, you know, I, well, from the feeling I got off him anyway, was that um, Mastay was definitely going to win it. But I don't know anymore. I mean, it is definitely more 50-50 now, I think, because we've seen the likes of um, Mason Crosby when he had his bad year. I mean, that really came down to the wire and he won that on family night. So... It does, you know, contrary to popular belief where they think uh, all the positions are tacked on, uh, they're not really. You know, when they do bring in competition, especially a kicker and punter, you know your head could be on the chopping block. It's an interesting one. Yeah, sure. Um, another guy did, uh, there's a guy we follow on Twitter and he's a great fan of the group, um, a guy called Eric Upton. Now, if you want your Green Bay news, find him on Twitter, find him on Facebook and follow him because this guy, I don't think he goes to bed. It's just constant. Every hour of every day he's got news for you. He's been at camp this week and uh, the punt and kick returner, um, as you'll see, there's been a, several different players uh, that, that, that fielded kicks in that first first game. Mm-hmm. Now he's saying from what he's seen in camp, he would go with Jared Aberderis and Mike Hyde look like they're fairly favourite to take those positions. So I think we could probably... We could probably have guessed that on last season um, going into this year, and it looks like there won't be any surprises there. So, But yeah, Eric reckons that those those two guys will win that one out, which brings us on to the wide receivers, which was the one that 77% of you guys said that the wide receiver battle was the one that intrigued you the most. Now, like I said to you, Steve, there's 12 guys currently on the roster at you're wide not, receiver. You're not going to ask me to name them all, are you? <laughs> I'm not going to ask you to name them all. I'm not going to ask you to name them all. But... If I came to you as the coach of the Packers and I said, I want to keep six receivers, which I think you were saying to me before we came on air, that in the last however many seasons, it's been five we've kept. Is that right? Yeah, eight out of nine years, we've kept five. So if you want me to keep six, well, there's some obvious ones. So obviously Randall Cobb, uh, you know, he's not going to have a punctured lung anymore, which is going to be positive. Uh, he's, yeah, and again, he was carrying a shoulder injury as well all last season. So he's going to be back. And again, with him in the slot, unstoppable, especially with Jordy Nelson stretching the field. So Randall and Jordy, obviously, one and two punch. Um, my third, I'm going to go Devontae Adams. Now, you know, people are going to go mad how he dropped it. Look, the Packers obviously see potential in this guy. And the fact that they left him on the field last year uh, means that 
he must be doing something in practice and he did have his breakout year to year before so I'm hoping that he makes a comeback and that's maybe more of a hope pick than anything else uh, Ty Montgomery is another one he looked so promising before he got that injury um, so he's definitely back what am I at now four um, yes four five I, I want to say Jeff Janis because he's a fan favourite right but he's more than likely with the, with the whole hand surgery that he's got I'm pretty sure that they're going to place him on injured reserve so he'll still class as five because yeah, of, I think he'll go designated to return, won't he? So he'll come back after, was it, halfway through the season. Yeah, and I, I think they need him for the likes of special teams because his speed is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, so we have Aberderis. I was going to say, you can't, you can't forget my badges, man. I know, yeah. Um, I don't know, I, there's been, he's been criticised. Well, let's put it this way, let me, give you a, let me give you a chance. If you put Jeff Janis on IR designated to return, yeah, and you pick Jared Abaderis. That gives you five active, which means you've got to pick one out of the remaining six guys. Yeah, well, look, I'm going Trevor Davis because he's made. He's the type of guy I think you want to keep around, and not unless you sort of you know, shut him off to the practice squad. I don't know, but Trevor Davis, he he made apparently made the first catch in training camp. It was a one handed catch, and the coverage was all over. So and you know he has that type of guy. He says you know I've got more work to do, and I should have finished the play. And he's kind of a humble guy. He's got a good attitude. So I reckon Trevor Davis, you know, a bit of a surprise pick. No one knew who he was before training camp, but he's made such a name for himself that his name's out there, you know. He's becoming a fan favourite, kind of like Jeff Janis, sure. you know, who, who Pac Nation think is invincible. I think the jury's still out on Jeff Janis. Now, I know people are used to me waxing lyrical because every time I have a famous guest on, Packer-related, I always go, are you on the Jeff Janis hype train? Um, yeah, I'm on it. I, I like him. I, I think he was there for us when we really needed him. Um, last season and yeah his route run is not great will he get it I don't know I mean that's something that we have to ask in training camp but it's certainly something that you can learn There's, I mean there's plenty of players in the NFL that can't run routes but they've got awesome speed down the field and as long as they can hang on to that ball then you can use them you can find them in a certain situation so I think that's good I mean you said about big names I've got a name for you here and you, you obviously you're cutting this guy and I don't know how I feel about that how can you cut a guy called Geronimo Allison? <laughs> with a name like that, Geronimo Allison. And again, going back to Eric Upton, when I was speaking with him earlier, he's given us three undrafted players to keep an eye on that he thinks have got a legitimate chance of making the team. Yeah. And he says, wide receiver Geronimo Allison is one of those guys. The other two were running back Brandon Burks and linebacker Beniquez Brown. But he's, you know, Geronimo Allison, this isn't the first guy. Eric's not the first guy to pick this, 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 this player out. He has been making a name for himself and not only because he's called Geronimo, but he's been making some nice plays in practice. And this is one of those players, going back to talking about whether we should have the preseason or shouldn't have the preseason, this is one of the players, and those are the two guys as well. They're the types of players that benefit from this preseason. And he might just be a surprise package. Yeah, well, I mean, we've got loads of ball catchers. So we've got the wide receivers, 12 of them. But I mean, tight end is stacked as well. Hey, do you know what? Right. If you wanna, if you wanna go put oh, people on. on, if you wanna go put people on spot here, pal, I want you to name our tight end core as it stands. You can't do that to me. I haven't even researched tight ends, bro. Well, don't be looking. Okay. So name them now. I don't want you looking at the internet or <laughs> flicking on your phone here, right? So go. Right, okay. Uh, Richard Rogers. We got Jared Cook. Easy. Justin Perillo. Boss. Kenneth Backman. Yeah, let me just jump in here and do the whole thing. I want him to stay solely because. Na, 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 back, man. I want that to be a thing. Can that be a thing? Maybe in a <laughs> well, lower we need, pitch. We need something to replace the coon chant, don't we? And maybe yeah. that can be that. But I don't know how many snaps Backman's going to get during the season. And are we likely to keep four tight ends? Yeah. Well, who Possibly else we got? Not. Who else we got tight ends? 
do you know what? I don't know. And I'm, I hope those guys, well, no, I hope they are listening, but I hope they're, <laughs> I hope they're not flying to London anytime soon because I'm sorry, guys, but I don't know you. Yeah, I mean, tight ends really impressed me in the last preseason game. We look at Justin Perillo, call him, you know, 7 because the dude's always open. So he's got, you know, he finds space, always gets open. And he always catches the ball. Does he ever drop? I can see you giggling away there on the old camera. Is that not I good? I just love that. I love that. No, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah. That, I, yeah, that was good. And I've got a new chant, by the way, and we're going to get him on the uh, future podcast. So he's agreed to come on. We just have to find a time that suits him. Aaron Ripkowski. Now, obviously, if we're trying to find a replacement for the Coon chant, I mean, Ripkowski is R.I.P. R.I.P. Is that not the best thing ever? I mean, it's sort of it's a throwback to the kind of gravedigger action, you know. Oh. It's a bit sinister. R.I.P. Yeah, I, I think surely is the best quote ever. I've got Ripkowski down here because obviously it's going to be great. I really want to see this guy barrel through. Um, he, I mean, he looks like a fullback. He certainly looks like he can do the job. But I've got this guy down right. And again, we've had Geronimo, uh, Geronimo Allison. What mm. about this for a name? The other fullback on the roster. Can you name that dude? I can't. No. I'm going to tell you now, I didn't realise there was another fullback on the roster until I was looking through this, right? Al Stelvis Squirewell. What? It's, uh, do you ever see... I think I've said that right. I don't know. Yeah. It sounds like a Harry Potter character. Yeah. Do you not think? If, if, he, if he was in uh, Gryffindor or something, you wouldn't blink an eyelid. No. Al Stelvis Squirewell. He sounds, sounds like a wizard. But do you know what it sounds like? Do you ever see that skit by Key and Peele where they just make up uh, dumb names for NFL players and then they put in real ones? They did. Aaron Rodgers actually appeared in one of the later skits because in one of their substitute teacher uh, sketches, they have this guy who pronounces all the names in a real kind of, you know, street yeah. way. So Aaron is A.A. Ron. So Aaron comes on the screen as part of the team and goes, A.A. Ron Rodgers. It's brilliant. Check it out if uh, Key and Peele. But his name, that, that's uh, bizarre. And is he any good, Ryan? Have you heard anything well, out to say? that he could compete well don't know a great deal about him the only thing I would say guys is obviously this is radio so I can't show you a picture go to Packers.com find him on the roster look at his picture he is running the ball carrying the ball in one hand and on his other arm he's got the whole arm in a cast and strapped up and he's playing in a game so this guy has got to be one tough SOB because, like I say, one, he's got a huge hand. He's just running along the field with the ball in one hand. And on the other arm, the whole thing looks like it's been snapped and then put in a cast and he's carried on anyway. So I like that, dude. Um, yeah. But I don't think we'll be keeping two fullbacks. So I imagine we'll go with Ripkowski. No, and it'll be interesting to see how many wide receivers we keep and how many tight ends because we did have a problem last year and that's been documented to death. You know, with people getting open, people getting off press, man. And the only safety valve that you really need in that instance is tight end, which is exactly why the Packers went after Jared Cook, which is why they're trying to develop Justin Perillo. And again, um, time, you know, will tell. By the time you're listening to this, look up the stats. Um, this should be out just before the game. But you might be listening to it after, especially if you're here in the UK and Ireland, is that I'm pretty sure in this preseason game as well, you're going to see an awful lot of tight end action because I think the Packers are trying to develop that safety valve for when A Rod comes on. Yeah, yeah. What okay. are you? I can see you there on the and, camera, Ryan. What's cracking, man? Is it my it, Irish accent? It, no, 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 no. It's really childish because I actually played tight end for a bit. But it's just when you said tight end action, and it just because I'm a child, <laughs> it just made me giggle. So. Yeah. I apologise. To men, innuendo and farts are going to always be funny. So you yes. just got to deal with it. You just can't be it. Bring it back to Packers for a second. Tonight, will we see Hundley play or not? I don't know. I actually don't know. 
Yeah, um, apparently he's getting the most snaps at training camp. So my prediction yeah. is that he comes on a lot. Now he will, uh, you know, jog off, and we might see more, some more Callan action. But I'd say yeah. he will come on. Oh, I, I'm excited about Hundley. I think he, he could be really good. And again, I, I'm going to name drop him again here. Eric Hupton, when I was talking to him earlier, I hope this guy's paying me per mention. I hope he's paying um, us, not you. I hope you're not getting, you know, 50s thrown in your pocket here to come on and start hey, look, 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 my agent sorted me out good contracts here. So you need to speak to your guy. <laughs> so, Hundley, I, I said to him, and I think it's a question that's come up before with Hundley, will the Packers use him as trade bait? Because, yeah. let's face it, I'd be very worried if we were keeping him because we think he's going to replace Rodgers because he's got to wait a long time. So he's probably come too early. Um, obviously, we've had good backup quarterbacks go on to other teams before. If you go back to Matt Hasselbeck, who was who was backing up um, Brett Varvey, went and did a very nice job at the Seahawks. Mm. Uh, Matt Flynn, he Well, the went, jury's out he, on that one. No, I'm, I'm not being funny here. Matt Flynn went off and made some very nice contracts. I don't know what else he did. Yeah, but big but contracts and good, good quarterback is a different thing. Hey, you yeah, know what? He was then, the biggest Connor. Well, look, I like Matt Flynn. No, and he, fit the, he fit the system, but I think that he he went off and got paid so much money and then came back. He's a record holder. Yeah. Packers record holder. What was that? A game against the Cowboys, wasn't it? The, was yeah. that the what, six touchdowns or something ridiculous? <laughs> something like that, yeah. But this is the thing with Hundley. I mean, and Scott Tolzien, who was the backup last year, he's gone off and signed for somebody. I can't even remember who. Um, but Hundley this year is now the backup. And so I said to Eric, you know, is this guy going to be trade bait? Um, could we use him? And he said that essentially, no, it won't happen. Uh, wouldn't happen towards like the final year of his deal. And yeah. he's still got a couple of years left. So I think on the one sense, what could you get for him if you did use him as trade bait? What do we need? What would we be able to bring in for him? It probably wouldn't wouldn't be enough. Um, and what it does give us is a very solid backup, and it would be nice to see him play some snaps tonight and, and, and really see what this guy can do. Yeah, well, he was the best quarterback in preseason last year. He was, I think they call him the preseason MVP, you know. I doubt yeah. he's going to bring that one home, polish it, and throw it up on the mantelpiece. But I would. Um, Yeah, so would I take anything from the NFL. Worst player ever, cool, I'll keep it. I'm the best at being the worst. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, Tolsey went off to the Colts, so he's sitting behind Andrew Luck, so he's not going to get a whole lot of game action. But again, it shows that they believed in him, and that kid had some arm. So, you know, Hundley is excellent, and it's a shame he didn't come around later in A-Rod's career so that we could have a legitimate quarterback to hand it off to. And I know I'm getting a bit ahead of myself thinking that he's, you know, starter worthy but what we've seen of him so far Ryan he's fairly handy but look it's a crazy game you never know what's going to happen you never know if there's an injury around the corner and it could ruin A-Rod's career maybe A-Rod might pull a Marshawn Lynch and the Calvin Johnson and decide that he wants to dip out of the game early I mean you can never predict it now everyone's going would you stop I'm going to switch the radio off but I was going to say people have just thrown their phones at the wall listening to that no because you don't want to hear it but the thing is is that you never know what a a player might decide to do um, I don't think anyone really predicted the Mar- now, Of course, everyone's going to say, oh, I did. But, you know, Marshall Lynch definitely could have played on a whole lot longer. And so could Calvin Johnson. And you can go back into the annals of history to try get the players that retired early. Now, I don't think for a second Aaron Rodgers is going to do that. But all I'm saying is that, you know, the game is, is pretty um, unpredictable. And you do need a good backup quarterback. And I feel that for the first time in a good while now, we've had one that's serviceable. So that if Aaron Rodgers did go down... And Matt Flynn could hold his own but I remember remember the games when A-Rod went down with a leg injury and Matt Flynn was barely hanging in there and it just seemed like they had to squeak out the win whereas Hundley to me seems like someone with the potential that he would win games outright instead of just trying to hold his own and the defense would have to step up their game and do their job and then the running game would have to come in and 
save him. You know, I don't think Hundley's that type of quarterback. But again, the jury's out. We'll see what happens in the game tonight. Sure. So you know what time that is now? Because I think we've covered everything we're going to cover. The Raiders game coming up later. So that means now is my turn to stump you. Oh, God, here we go. Another one. I thought we did the wide receiver thing. Well, no, yeah. No, because that one wasn't a planned one. This is a planned one. That one just, I was like, oh, I'm going to get him. Right. So you... So this... How long have you been scheming this plan? I I basically, every time I do some research, I think I'm going to find something that I hope you haven't found. Right. And then I'm going to try and stump you with it. It's kind of like a UK versus Ireland thing. Oh, okay. Bringing the parochialism into it. Okay, bring it on then. Bring it on. Jesus. Famous last words. Go on. Team UK then. Here we go. Um, Which... Ex Packers kicker is going to return to Lambo tonight. Ex Packers kicker, but Mason's been in the job for hold on. All right, well then obviously it's not one that's kicked recently. It's not as if they're going to bring Longwell back. <laughs> hey, maybe they should. Well, I don't know. Um, ex. So yeah, well, uh, Tavecchio has to be Tavecchio because he's the only player that they brought in to compete with Mason for donkey's years. Is it Tavecchio? Did he get a job in the end? Did you just Google something? No, I, well, look, I, did you hear any tapping going on in the background? I'm not that fast. I don't know, I was watching you. I didn't see anything, but... No. Oh, well, that's it, kind was of... Was that it? Yeah. Nice. But you've kind of taken my thunder there, haven't you? Because I thought that was going to be 1-0 to the UK. Yeah, so what was yeah. that? Is that 1-0 no, as far to as I know, as far as I know, I was looking through today and uh, I just saw a headline and uh, he's apparently on the radio squad, so I don't, I don't know if he's their kick or if he's competing for the job, but... Yeah. yeah, I was going to try and get you that because yeah, it has been a while since anyone else put Mason's plate. So this was the thing. This is the thing for next. I week. thought I had you. Well, look at the impossible question. We're going to get the jingle sorted uh, during the week. We're going to bring on the impossible question, and I think it's my turn. I'm going to get a juicy. I'm going to get a nice one. I'm going to get a nice sweet question, and you're going to look silly. Right. Okay. Right. We'll do this then. So it's Team UK versus Team Ireland. We're going to stump each other each week. So yeah. I think we've got more UK listeners out there. If you have got an awesome question, you want to help out Team UK, just DM me. You'll find me on Twitter at Ryan Peacock NFL. We got to make sure Team UK beats Ireland. And to that one Irish follower out there who's listening, ma'am, send me in a question to stump Ryan. I know you don't know anything about Packers football, ma'am, but you know Google something and not like who wore number four for the Packers or something. Christ. Uh, do they do they have they upgraded technology out there are they still on the old wireless are you still like winding up radios or something what's a radio what do you mean (laughs) I thought you still listen to like the rugby and the Gaelic football on the wireless on the wireless yeah no it's word of mouth over here so what we do is we we form like a conga line to where the game's being played and everyone just passes back the score well I'd say if it works it works works it works well that's it for the podcast uh, it's been a great bit of bants um, so we're going to probably kick on again not unless something catastrophic or crazy happens um, on Sunday we're going to kick on with our history podcast again check them out I mean we've gone from 1919 all the way up into the 60s um, so check it out uh, and we've also hit on Vince Lombardi the man himself in the last one and they're our most successful one we've got thousands of listens on these things um, so check it out it's your easiest way throw it on when you're on the way in the car you know bang on the headphones when you're on the train I have to say as well these years coming up 70s 80s um, not good years in terms of success but there's some ridiculous trades made and uh, I think we, we, I'm going to try and share some of those with you where basically somebody gave away the world for a 34-year-old 30 quarterback um, who essentially did nothing. Yeah. So 
there is it's still well worth listening to because there's some ridiculous Packers history coming up in these years. We're gonna blaze through it. This this series is kind of be like you know when you hear like a festival being announced on the radio and they say stuff like we've got some big names like Jay Z, Kanye West, and then they blaze through everybody else in about two seconds. You know that's kind of the way the Packers history is. It's excellent up till the sixties till the three peat Vince leaves, and then it's just a wash with just tragedy until uh, the gunslinger comes to town. But again, from myself at Steedy NFL and from me old buddy, me old pal at Ryan Peacock NFL, we bid farewell and we'll speak to y'all on Sunday. Good morrow.